What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Now from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Everyone to the final Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night postmortem recap episode where we are covering the grand finale of the Boulay Brothers Dragula season five. We are your ghost hosts for the evening, the Queens of Darkness, the Boulay Brothers, Drac Morta and Swan Thula. And tonight we will not only be sharing some insight into the grand finale from our perspective as the creators of the show, but we will also be answering all our outstanding listener mail, which I personally find to be more revealing sometimes than the recap themselves. Yes. The fans ask the right questions sometimes. They really do. do. There's a lot of gems in those answers, I think. Uh, And tonight... We have to start by congratulating Neo Hulu X on becoming the world's next drag <laughs> super monster. Welcome to the family, darling. Congratulations. I, I'm super excited that the Dragula family has a new member. I am too. I also want to take a minute to thank the fans for watching. The show was incredibly successful this year. The most watched season of all seasons. It just continues to get bigger and grow. And I really appreciate the the support of the fans in that way. I also want to thank the finalists and the entire cast because they worked really hard and high. They're a huge part of why the show is as successful as it is. Yeah. Well, they're a part of it, at least, right? (laughs) They are a part of it. I do want to extend that, too, personally from me, just to the entire cast. I think as a whole, this cast was different than previous casts in that the drag was really great and formidable and ferocious. But they were so respectful, generally. You know, just the professionalism was so high, and it made filming and just dealing with them like a pleasure. Yeah, it's something we spoke about in the last episode sort of extensively was that because that was a reunion episode and we didn't feel like they were into getting into conflict with one another. I don't know if we misrepresented, you know, our intentions there. It wasn't that we wanted them to come there and fight. That's not what it was. But they're almost so quiet and respectful that that it didn't leave a lot of room to get to know who they were. Which is partially why we did those interviews that we did at the beginning of this finale episode. Wow. And those interviews. I mean, when I watched that, it made me kind of fall back in love with all of the finalists. It showed them like so vulnerable and endearing and flawed. It just humanized the monsters and it makes them really lovable. That was an important, a very, very important goal of mine 
was to get those interviews for the audience to see, because I did feel like, you know, you didn't know a ton about them. And I don't think that was any shortcoming on the production or the competitors part. It was just the way the season unfolded. They were very busy. We were very focused this season on the competition and not so much of the drama and, and the art. And so I found that it maybe didn't give a ton of opportunity to get to know them. So we did that this episode, I think. And it's something I kind of want to take into the next season of the show. I want to get to know them more earlier on. Yeah, I think that's really wise. And, you know, we not only had an amazing new cast, we actually had tons of new crew members, too. And we want to send huge thank yous and congratulations to all of our new new and old crew members, specifically Aaron and KC, Carissa, David, Jayla, Lori, Amy. Um, there were just so many new faces, and I think you can feel their new magic touch on the final product. It's more artists that are bringing fresh ideas to the table mm -hmm. and also really helping to build out our ideas, which is very valuable sometimes. They, they can take an idea that you have and make it better and materialize it when maybe you couldn't do that with the, the crew that we had previously, I think. <laughs> you said it. And that is the truth. But the differences were palpable this season. I just feel I let go and let God and I feel blessed <laughs> now. <laughs> oh I feel blessed. <laughs> you feel booked and blessed. I feel booked season. and blessed. I let go, let God live, laugh, love, all of it. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, and that's how I feel wrapping up season five. I feel blessed. I feel <laughs> I've lived, I've laughed, I've loved. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I was going to ask you, how do you feel at the end of it all? I feel happy with the outcome. I feel like we set out to make this season different, and I think we were successful in that. I did want it to be less drama. You know, after Titans, I kind of wanted it to be less drama about things that didn't have to do with the competition. Mm -hmm. I think we were successful in that. I wanted to showcase more of the art. I think we were successful in that. I wanted to reformat the cinematic intros, the style of that, and make that more hosting. I think that was successful. I wanted to redo the death scenes. I thought those were successful. Yeah, I feel pretty happy with it. You know, there was no major dramas during the season. It did get, you know, a little hot here and there with JK and Throb and stuff. I wasn't happy about that, mostly for them. But overall, I would say I'm happy with the changes we made, and I'm very happy with the way the season performed. And again, congratulations, because it's the most watched season of the show. Thank you, and congratulations to you, too. It makes me so happy to hear that you're happy at the end of it all because it's so much work. We give so much of it, uh, of ourselves to it. I pretty much largely share the same perspective. I feel like we changed some things up. Pretty happy with the, the outcome across the board. I love the idea too of like this black and white world versus like the color world. So, you know, it's a little homage to the Wizard of Oz. It's kind of like fantasy and reality. We took some risks and I think they mostly paid off. Surprisingly, I don't feel completely depleted. I feel kind of energized. Like I'm sort of ready for more, as sick as that sounds. Well, that's good because we are already starting <laughs> <No>. <laughs> production. So <laughs> I think I'm you taking, better be ready. I think I'm taking JK's advice. I'm just delusion, lie to yourself, and that's <laughs> what I'm doing. I feel great. I think one spoiler when you're talking about the black and white of it, a little spoiler for future seasons is that was very 1940s horror inspired. And we're going to switch 
decades coming into new seasons with the cinematic stuff. So I'm really excited about what we're going to do next. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we will be clawing through and dissecting the warm corpse of the season five grand finale. Welcome back, Uglies. And we also want to welcome Ian DeVogler back to the show, the supervising producer of the Belay Brothers Dragula season five. It is an honor to be here, to be queer, and to have freshly washed all the blood off our hands from the season. <laughs> so now that it's behind us, how did you feel about the whole thing? I love the season. Yeah. I think it's great. I am so proud of this season. I'm so proud of the cast. I'm proud of the crew. I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of us. Like nothing but pride. I think even the aftermath of the season, even talking about what happens on social media, very light this year. I think mm -hmm. that we finally took some of the advice that we have been giving a lot in past years and I'm just happy. I love season five. Love it. I love to hear Yay. that. Well, uh, you know, we kind of. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we gave a little thanks to the crew, but I want to give a special thanks to you for helping us make season five and for everything that you put into it this year as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I truly appreciate it. Especially your new hidden talent as emergency correspondent live from Tokyo, Japan. Oh, yes, mama. <laughs> I'd forgotten that until we were screen we, we were editing that episode mm -hmm. and when it came on, it just I just smiled on Aww. the inside. Yeah, it really made me happy. Thank you so much. I said it before and I'll say it again. I was so honored to be able to do that and it was definitely the cameo that made me the most nervous i was like i have to nail this mm. and mama now i know a fraction of what it's like to read a teleprompter i was like Woo -hoo -hoo -hoo, <laughs> get ready change it at the last minute for you you had no time to rehearse that oh yeah that was that was just cold read yeah hot you did great good thank times you, thank you good, good times, time. mama. Yeah. good times <laughs> So the first thing I want to ask you all is what did you think of the way the cast interviews turned out? I kind of touched on that already. For me, I think it's aside from the drag and the looks, the looks, um, <laughs> it really is the highlight of the episode. I think it was just it, it was just enough where we got a little bird's eye view into each of their perspectives and a lot of their flaws too, like hearing about fear of even leaving the house or what they had to overcome personally, like economic things were like about Blackberry's entire family leaned on them and their drag and their, and their hustle for a time to just keep things going to get to this place. And I just found it kind of across the board inspiring. I agree. I think that inspiring is a really good word for it. I found myself feeling more connected to the finalists once, once each of their individual interviews had finished, I felt more connected to them than I had the whole season. And like you said, Drac, it's not on the part of production or on their part, but more so I think that this was a time where we got to see them completely stripped raw of any pretenses. It was, just tell us exactly how you're feeling right now. Why are you here? And I was so proud of them for all opening up like that. Yeah, I think maybe with the competition behind them and the threat of being eliminated, it was easier for them to open up and say, well, you know, now it's time to just like let the guards down and show them who I am, mm -hmm. which yeah. I appreciated. There was a moment, too. I think it's worth mentioning. Um, I mean, Neo's section was heartbreaking, oh I think, God. like from moment one to moment done. But it was the part where 
we got to see her as a queer person who put their family's needs and feelings before their own and kind of went through a lot of darkness, but took that pain and turned it into power and made them just even more kind of hauntingly gorgeous and alien. And I just, I love that. It'll be interesting to see how she grows as an artist and how she incorporates that energy into her drag because it's almost separated now, but you can see where she also speaks as if she's one person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there does seem to be a difference there, but sometimes she speaks as if she's one. And I'm kind of interested to see, you know, in five years, how will that manifest in her? Cause we're all always growing and changing, you know, sure. you never really stop growing and, and learning more about yourself. So I don't know. I'm just curious to see how that turns out. I feel like she'll be more powerful. I am desperate to follow her in her parents learning about what's happening because it's going to happen. Absolutely. I think one of the most poignant things that she said for me was on top of taking her pain and you can't have the light without the darkness, but then also the dichotomy of not only being empowered and being this monster, but also at the end of the day, still wanting her family to see her for who she is. And it's just my heart broke in that moment. My God. (sighs) Those things affect you your whole life. You think that they don't. I feel like you become an adult and you think, well, you've let go of all that stuff, but you don't like until you sort of address those things and dig deep into yourself and really just unpack all that stuff. It's right there. It's sewed up in your brain somewhere. And if the right thing sort of rips off the scab, you will remember all of it, I think. All right. So let's go on to the floor shows. What did we think of? Cause obviously we already judged this. We've went over all this stuff, but what did we think of how filth was represented in this finale? Ooh, I am red tea. As y'all know, I love filth. And I felt like filth was represented in an interesting way this year. We have four very different perspectives. I think that overall, there were great filth floor shows. I don't know that there was a Victoria season two or a Melissa season one. I think that filth was maybe played a little safe this year, which is not always the worst, though, because I think that you run the risk of doing a filth floor show that is like a flop and there's like nothing worse. Mm-hmm. I I felt for Orgotic. I really did because when Orgotic came out, I was like, this is the pinnacle of this type of drag that you do with the, the almost necroscope style mouth opening and the flopping on the stage. It's like, you look disgusting and horrible. But then when the gag didn't go as planned, I just shriveled inside for him. Mm -hmm. I felt so bad. I love Blackberry for doing what she did. I just thought it was so funny. And we don't often see humor in filth. Like I think people Mm -hmm. go for either. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like it's either really serious or it's really gross. And I just started laughing when she came out. I was like, I love and then she brought out a capital F fish. If you're gonna bring out a fish, bring bring out a fish. (laughs) And that fish reeked. Oh my God. Even from across the room, I was like the whole studio and it's huge. Just really reek like fresh tilapia. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the the one last thing that I have to say because in my notes is I just feel like Emerald Fennel owes us something because when Throb came out, I was like, oh, the tub from Saltburn. Work. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
It'd be an interesting match to have bitch in her janitor outfit uh-huh. and throb do this together. I like they're almost enemies <laughs> or cohorts. It's like, yes. did you ever wonder what happened when bitch's janitor dumped that bucket, <gasps> bucket of mop yeah. water down yes. the drain? Well, now you know. We have oh a whole God. cast with Priscilla's like lunch lady. Yeah. It's like a whole school <laughs> yeah. full of people. I, I want to go to that school. <laughs> I thought filth was fun. I think to mirror what Ian said, organic kind of took it. We had another serpentine kind of thing. Like that's three this season where people came out. I think Orc's interpretation or representation of that concept was like a worm. And it just seemed so low and gross and repulsive and in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Orc killed Filth. And I actually really loved Throbs too. That idea of the drain and it is like kind of nasty and scrubby. Yes, they made it kind of sexy, but I'm down for that. And I, I had a fun time with it. <laughs> well, I think, you know, sexuality can be considered in the filth realm. Mm-hmm. So I think it was well done. I mean, yeah, maybe it was a little sexier than gross at, at a point in it. But I think it was a, an original concept, at least. I'm glad it wasn't something like really obvious. It's Rob's brand, though. Everything like horror and sex. Mm-hmm. And we have to give it to you, Drac, for your comment about the sexy car wash. Because... <laughs> Mom, I almost peed myself. <laughs> I almost well, it was. Peed. It did turn into that. <laughs> no, totally. But there's just something so funny sometimes about like you see a performance, you're like, oh yes, I have, I I know what I feel. And then you'll come in with a comment like that, and I'm like, mother, like it's so accurate. Well, just so picture good. the hat being a hubcap, and you'll really. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right. So, what did we think of horror in general? Oh, by the way, I didn't mention what I said about filth. Right. So my feelings about filth were it was not as filthy as it should have been. Absolutely not. Garbage can children was filthier than this filth floor show. So mm-hmm. next season, we need to turn the filth up. Where's the filth? There should have been a little more filth this season. I agree with them. I'm going to go on Reddit and cancel myself. <laughs> yes, queen. I want to make a sock account. I'm ready. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> So let's talk about the horror. How did you all feel horror was represented in this finale? I loved horror this year. And I have to go to what Swan said of in this house, horror is the main course. Because I felt like this cast really nailed horror. I thought that we saw some really innovative stuff. Like I want to start with Blackberry because coming out with that cage moment with the the pipes and all that just very cool to see i did feel like it was a little on the glamour side Mm -hmm. which it's not that you can't have glamour and horror at the same time but i feel like i'm almost a purist when it comes to the finale i'm like i want to see horror and horror alone and i got my horror twice with neo which was i think conceptually horror the reveal horror so actually a third time the wig horror <laughs> that wig was horror we That's talked for about sure. that that shit I, was scary i did really like blackberry's look at the cage i love when people bring volume yeah. to the stage i really really liked it but yeah i did feel like it was maybe glamorous again mm-hmm. it probably did hurt her point wise that she brought glamour to her horror because we've been looking for horror from her for so long all through the competition And I think she did, but she still made sure it was Blackberry. But I just think it needed a little more grit and Mm -hmm. horror to it. Even if she was going to keep with some glam to make it her, it just still 
that was your opportunity was to like bring the, that. The cut of the dress and just the garment itself, I think, is very glamorous. And so I know you really liked the rhinestone element. So it takes two boulets to make the church sure panel. I felt a little disappointed with the horror, honestly. Ooh. I felt like a couple of moments I was like, this is cool. The magic of Neo's reveal, Blackberry's concept to me is so amazing. I don't know if I would have done it differently if it was up to me to present it. But other than that, I kind of feel like it was horror was not the strongest of the tenets. All right. So what did we think of the lip sync for the glamour portion? I thought glamour was the strongest tenet of season five. Three out of four, it was their best. I, I think Orgotic really shined, at least for me, in the filth. I loved that worm. It was nasty. Even if the puke didn't work, I was all in. But Blackberry's ability to perform and that vamped out glam, like Bride of Frankenstein, Throb was incredible. And I thought Neo was just literally from another dimension. Beautiful. And, and it was very cool to see them all perform. I thought the three of them, as far as glam goes, just brought the bar so high. And the performance was just kind of gravy after that. Once I watched the the glamour portion, it made me want the Belay Brothers Dragula season five tour really bad. Ooh. It made me want to see that tour really bad because yeah. I think they are such great performers in different ways. You mm -hmm. know, Orgotic brings such a horror and an uncomfortability, almost chaotic in the way that Abora used to be back in the day, yeah. uh, but even more so dangerous. I don't know. And then Blackberry is just the consummate drag queen. She is so good in her stage presence is so powerful. Throb. I mean, I cannot talk about Throb's performance ability more. It, he's so incredible it, and, and it's layered and it's like every note is hit I'd love to see like a tour show from him. And of course, Neo, I feel like has this new Neo Neo's like ushering in like a new vision of drag to mm -hmm. me, a really young, edgy version of drag that I really am into. And I'd love to see her on a tour. I agree. I think that a season five tour would just destroy and dominate and be fabulous. And just on the note of Neo, I was really happy to see neo's finale glamour makeup be something that we've seen on instagram before we've seen her do these looks that are sort of really glammed out stone and she's done that a couple of times on the show but there's a moment where she just she turns around and the squid face prosthetic is gone and i just looked at her and i thought oh my god you are the most glamorous thing i've ever seen in my whole ass life and the look was very clean it wasn't about glamour in terms of piling a lot of rhinestones and traditional drag pageant items onto the look. It was about choices and mm -hmm. taste, I think. And it was simple and clean and it was glamorous in a different way that was unexpected, I think. So how did you all feel about the finale overall compared to seasons past? I love this finale. I think that this finale does a lot of things extremely well. And I think that, in my opinion, it elevated some of the format choices that we've tried to make in the past. And for me, it just felt smooth. I felt like watching this finale from a viewership perspective, I was very, very happy. I'm very happy with this cast. I don't feel like the finale dragged. I felt like it filth, horrored, and glamored. Yeah. 
Ooh, I see what you did there, girl. I was like, that is was this going to get me playing? <laughs> that was good. Thank you. I'm going to agree. I really liked this finale. I thought it, it played very well. It never dragged. It wasn't slow at any point where I'm kind of like, okay, let's get through this personal story or let's get through this tenant. And it kept me moving through like this really intense experience for our four finalists. And I love the crowning. It was really successful. Yeah. I think maybe it was one of the better finales we've had. Maybe in the past, some have run a little long or by the time we get to the crowning, we're also exhausted and it's sort of Mm -hmm. a little sloppier than I'd like it to be. But I felt like this one was done really well all the way until the end. It didn't overstay its welcome. I felt like we owed the audience a classic finale after departing so far with Titans. I felt like they were, you know, a lot of people were really wanting that classic finale, which we gave them, Mm -hmm. but I am very inspired to change it up next season. I really want to change the finale drastically, but uh, there's some things that we will have to keep, obviously, because I don't want to be shot in the head at Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't want a Christmas evil all over again. (laughs) I had this joke we were talking about. I was like, I want to pour so much blood on the winner and I wish we could shoot it in a cinematic way that it turns into like a flood and the person starts to choke. It knocks them off the stage. (laughs) It's like a river. They take them out into the gutter and into the mouth. Oh my God. Yeah. And into the sea. Like I just wanted it to be so stupid. Yes. And it flows right past the portrait of Victoria on the way down (laughs) the block. There's literally Victoria's portrait (laughs) is just riding on its own little ship. Absolutely. That's my one regret is that I wanted to bring the portrait of Victoria when she guest judged. And we're like, Victoria Black. And I wanted to put the portrait in the judge's booth. Genius. I didn't have her be there when you flash back to her, but still. Yeah. I'm going to auction Victoria's portrait and give the money to an anti-bullying foundation. (gasps) Oh my God. That's what I'm going to do. Anti-cyber bully. Yeah. Anti-cyber bully foundation. Merry Christmas, uglies. (laughs) So I feel like we've talked about what changes we made and what we thought was successful or not or whatever. What's one thing that you would change for a future season, if anything? A couple of minor tweaks. I want to go outside into the world more. Yes. I think that was something that we've done in the past. It's always fun. It gets a little harder as we get a little bigger. Flying under the radar when people recognize things, you know, it's it's a dangerous gamble. But I do think it's a big payoff because seeing drag out in the world is really fun. And I want to take what we've done with the death scenes and expand on them even further. Like, I would love to see them really feel like little horror movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. What about you? I'm going to say something that has been said by the fans before, but this podcast has reminded me, I want more filth. Mm -hmm. I always want more filth. And I don't want or think that the show needs to be Welcome to the Belay Brothers, Filth, Dragula. Like, I don't want a whole season of it, but... I think that this is maybe even something for competitors, people auditioning. Don't be afraid to bring filth because it's on you sometimes. It's oh, not yeah. just, it, not every challenge can be trash can children. Right. Sometimes you got to think outside the glamour box and go for filth and just really bring it. I want more filth. Yeah. I could use a little more to myself. I think we'll have more next season. I also would like to get back out in the world It's tricky because, you know, we had a major stage upgrade and the stage was designed to feature the competitors more with the turntable and the lights and everything and the able to actually walk a runway 
and show off the looks. A yeah. lot of people said they wanted to see more of the look. So we brought that and we gave them that in abundance this season. So now I think we can have a little more fun and take them back out in the wild a little and have a good balance. You know, cheers to us, kadoos to us, um, because <laughs> we took a big risk by removing the LED wall. Yeah. I think that digital visual behind the floor show was such a staple of Dragula. But our question at the beginning of the season was, does this take away? Right. Does this detract? Would it feel like less than if we didn't have it? And I don't think there was one comment about, oh, where is it? Or I miss it or no, anything like the that. Focus it, it was on the, out, the star. Was... It put the stars of the show in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, mm -hmm. Their looks are the focus. That's what the whole competition is about. So I was like, let's get rid of all the distractions and focus on their looks. So I think we did a good job at that. Why don't we take a, another break? And then when we come back, we will answer all of your listener questions. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. Now, the listeners at home have sent in a ton of listener questions over the past few weeks, and there were probably around 60 or something that got lost in a Christmas recording disaster. Whoa, I can't believe we're coming to terms with that and actually talking about it. But we are going to try to answer as many of the remaining questions from the last episode for the postmortem version of the podcast as we can today. And if we did not answer your question in the past, please resubmit for the future. Amira asks... Hello, Dracmorta, Swanathula, and of course, Ian. I'm a surgeon, and while catching up on the podcast, listen to the worm episode. I have an answer to Drac's question on why some parasites travel to the brain. If they enter the bloodstream, they can pass the blood-brain barrier and set up a cozy hideout from the immune system. In the case of the woman with the Ophidia scarsis robertsi, whoa, more research is needed as she is the first known human case. Fun fact, millions of people with perfectly functioning immune systems may harbor a type of parasite in their brains and never have symptoms. Ooh, cozy parasites for everybody beyond the blood-brain barrier. Wow. Honestly? So I, now, I have more questions, such as, are there other places in the body that you could hide that you would escape the immune system to? Why is your brain, why is there a location in your brain that's safe from immune system? I don't get it. I don't either. I don't know, but I had a parasite once. Well... Well, you probably had it more than one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she never she learns her lesson, does she? Repeatable behavior. <laughs> oh, there is also a question on this one. Okay. So Amira has an actual question. Now, my question is for Drak and Swan. I've seen you perform face-to-face -face and Ornaments of Gold live, and I was blown away. As a fellow Susie and the Banshees fan, I wonder, are there other songs from her you'd want to set to a performance? There are many, actually. So many. I always wanted to do Kiss Them For Me live, but like seeing that live on New Year's Eve, it seemed very appropriate. Jack and Sing at the that. House Down, too. I've heard it. And I always wanted to do a big show to the Rapture. And Sick Child is another one. Oh, I, Sick Child is good. Yeah. I think Into a Swan is almost a, a must, at least for me. I've always loved Arabian Nights, and I could... I could totally picture like a fantasy type of performance from that. And Turn to Stone is another oh, song. Oh, Turn to Stone. Yeah. We've came very close yeah. to performing several times. So, yeah. Nope asks, my partner wanted to ask you both a very important question. Who is your favorite X-Men character? I'm going to go with Storm. 
So I think Storm is so beautiful. She's just like the most beautiful comic character, right? And I've always loved her costume. I love that like 80s cape. You know, a couple of different characters had that cape. Oh, and I'm totally. like, I'm still all about it this day. I don't know why <laughs> they got rid of them. They need to bring them back. But I think uh, I like Professor X too. Well, a classic one. Storm is kind. Yeah. yeah. Um, surprise, I'm going to pick not classic at all. These are controversial choices <gasps> from times when bad guys became honorary X-Men and acted as like team members. And one of my favorite eras, I don't remember who the artist was, was like back in the day when Emma Frost was on the team and the white queen was on the X-Men and that was hot. Ooh. It was hot. And honorable mention for Mystique too, another favorite character of mine who would also help the X-Men sometimes. Just so deadly. So I always cool. liked Destiny too. I thought that was an interesting character. Yeah. She was blind and she was a granny, but she was still like in the mix. It was, and she had that mask. Yeah, the mask made her so cool. <laughs> yeah. She's a mix. blind granny, but she's still <laughs> yeah, in the she mix. She was still out there fighting and running around <laughs> yeah. with everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really liked Psylocke when she was Ooh. in the armor, when she was Betsy Braddock, when she was still English before they made her racially inappropriate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they used to do wild stuff. Right? Can you imagine to this day like doing that? I'm like, okay. Josh here from Chicago, not as colorful as Monica from Santa Monica. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay, mama. Question. Are the Boulay brothers inspired by Grace Brothers, the iconic department store from Are You Being Served? Jack, let him have it. <laughs> No, I mean, it, I could have potentially gotten to our sub, you know, subconscious somehow, but not intentionally. No, even though it'd be fun to work there. <laughs> Michael from Down Under writes, the episode description for season five, episode seven of the Blade Brothers Dragula made me think of the Giallo film style. Naturally, I started thinking of Suspiria. What are your thoughts on this movie slash franchise? And do you prefer the 2018 or 1977 version? I prefer the remake. I also prefer the remake, which is a kind of a controversial opinion. I do give kind of honor to the original because I think for good reason, so many people look at it as like a great Giallo film. But what Luca Guadagnino did with the remake was fucking so incredible and brought me into this weird witchy world that I completely believed. I love the demonic ending and Tilda Swinton was so good. I just, yeah. LJ from Milwaukee asks, I am curious if Swan and Drac now as directors, do you film behind the scenes in your judgment wardrobe as well? Oh my God. No, absolutely. We do not film in drag at all. I'm going to point out one time that we actually did just because I think it was like a special occasion. We were on location doing the death scenes and you put it on our social media because it's my favorite moment of BTS where I am in my outfit, but I'm not in a, in a judgment outfit per se. I'm in the hosing outfit and I was practicing those axe swings to kill Satana. There are overlaps, yeah. especially in the cinematic, but not like when they're in the boudoir. Am I sitting there and drag? No, of course not. Ashley has a comment. On your last episode, you mentioned so-called, quote, fans of the show threatening you and having really awful things to say about the contestants, the program, etc. And I just wanted to say shame on the people who feel like it's acceptable to act like that. Like, Martha, maybe look inward and get a life. In parentheses and in all caps. There's the door, bitch! <laughs> I hope that toxic individuals like them haven't poisoned your experience with the fan community. Apparently we got a lot of emails like that after the last episode. 
you know, what are you going to whine about that? That comes with the territory of working in TV, I think. But could it turn me off? Yes, it absolutely could. I want to live my life to be happy and fulfilled. And if I found it annoying, I could easily see myself just lean into scripted and be like, fuck it. I don't care. I don't want to deal with that. But it's not just the fans. It's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the culture around drag. It's the, the competitors, even people from other shows, it's everyone mixed up. It's, it's a bit of a cesspool. Sometimes. It's not even just drag. It's reality TV. It is. It's across it is. the spectrum. It is. But drag has a special, fandom, <laughs> a special mutation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not uh, all of the fans either. It's a, it's a segment, but it's yeah. a very loud, annoying segment. I want to thank Ashley for her comment because I'm definitely going to be lifting and using Martha, maybe look inward and get a life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Ashley is doubling up with a question. Now that the season is officially wrapped, I was wondering what your top moments of the season were. Mine might have to be Cynthia screaming on the ground in the woods. It never gets old. I mean, honestly, for me... Any scene Cynthia is in is kind of like way at the top. <laughs> I'm being silly, but I'm also kind of kind of serious. Uh, I think probably one of the most vital and exciting moments filming and watching was the extermination from episode one. That bridge to nowhere bungee at night was so intense and awesome. And it, it harkened back to like skydiving with Maxie and all that. Like, I really loved it. I think uh, welcoming them in the woods, that whole night, that whole experience, I had so much fun. And it was just fun to have all of us there, the new crew, mm-hmm. the competitors. I was just giddy. Like, You're we were right. all, no, yeah. It was awesome. Remember when the scare actors were there and were like, oh, here are your yeah. kill suits? Yes. <laughs> and they were like, oh, we have these batons. I was like, all right, do it on me, and we'll decide if we use the big one or the small yes. one. And I was like, I can't, I can't have you like hitting all them and have me not know what it feels like. And it was serious business. <laughs> and surprise, the little one was the nasty one. Ooh, a little bite. Ooh. I think there's a <laughs> couple heard moments. That before. <laughs> I think the trash can children and the haunted hotel floor shows. I love, I just loved being there for those days and seeing it and being there with all of them and just watching it unfold. Cause I wasn't sure how it was going to, you know, Mm -hmm. you're never Mm -hmm. sure how it's going to land. And it it really just hit it on the head. I was very happy with it. It's coming to me now that I'm I'm kind of going through the season. I have a special love for JK's second death scene. scene With the ass burster. Like, Oh, we, we've wanted to do that for, for so many (laughs) years. And it was so satisfying to see it happen. Sweet from New Hampshire writes, I wanted to ask a question that has come up among me and my friends who enjoy the Belay Brothers Dragula. As someone who has watched Dragula since season one, I've always noticed that Swan and Drac, when a contestant gives the same look or type of look every week, always encourages that contestant to think outside the box and try something new. When it came to Orgotic this season, it seemed you gave them a free pass for serving the same plastic-wrapped, flesh-bearing look each week. I wonder if there was any critique given to Orgotic that was not included in the show. I ask this not out of a place of disrespect for Swan and Drac as judges, but out of genuine curiosity. I think Orgotic was a really unusual case because if you really pay attention to the judgment he would be on the bottom. Like he would go to the bottom several times and he almost went home at a point, but it was just luck. And it just, I don't know the way it fell through the cracks. And I also think that there is something we appreciate when an artist has a very particular vision 
We like that. Now, if you just wear the same basic stuff every time, then no, that's, you know, we're not going to appreciate that. But we do like artists that have a very particular vision and place they come from. I, I think it's sort of iconic. I think of like, like Dina Martina, right? You see her and you know, it's Dina Martina a hundred percent, no matter what lady bunny, you see lady bunny. You're like, I got it. You see divine. You're like, that's divine. So I don't, I don't hate someone that has a, a look, but you do have to change it up some. It's, it, it's just, uh, it's an interesting topic to discuss. I think I didn't think orgotics look had this overarching sameness to them. I do think the color and the texture was very consistent, but I took that as like branding. I guess I saw the differences in the way that the drag was presented. And when I heard that and I saw, I heard that people thought that it, it actually kind of took me aback a little bit because I never saw that in life. And, and, and as I think about it, I'm like, we had the worm armed ranger, the total rock and roll demon, the hemorrhoid face, the literal worm, all of these things, the kaiju. Those are from different worlds. I mean, yes, yeah, same palette. You're painting with the same colors, but what you're painting is, is, is different. And I guess that's what I thought shined out. Another way to look at it is if you look at like, let's say a quote standard drag artist, right? And they have their paint sticks and they have their palettes and they have their pleaser shoes and they have their bra and their corset and, and they have their basic stuff. So they're using the same materials every look. You know, because that's their base. I think Orgotic has a different base. He doesn't yeah. use any of those things. His base is latex and plastic and saran wrap. So I think if you kind of look at it a different way, you might be able to appreciate what he does differently. But again, it's art, right? Everyone has an opinion. We're all going to look at a painting and have 10 different opinions. So that's what the show's about. You just have to respect our opinion because we're the ones that have the crown. <laughs> Blue clonk and also Orgotic's bra and panty set iconic also i like how you just referred to orgotic as the dina martina of dragula like <laughs> the lipstick is <laughs> the lipstick is similarly applied oh, <laughs> you are correct in that i oh. want to see the orgotic christmas special like dina <laughs> martina has i want to see the orgotic one yeah wow he crawls out of the toilet in his worm <laughs> outfit to introduce everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome and Merry Christmas. Oh, and yeah, instead of coming down the chimney, it's out of the toilet yes. as the slog. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. The decrepit tree with no, like, pine needles on it. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth from Phoenix, Arizona writes, Hello, my wild witch creatrix queens. Would you ever consider making a Dragula tarot deck featuring all of the monsters? As a practicing witch, I would buy it in a heartbeat. I would love to do that, but I have to say the practicality of it is that it would be a licensing nightmare. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> sad, but true. That's that. And that is a wrap on the Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 5 Postmortem Edition of the Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night podcast and the last episode of the Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night Season 3. Congratulations, Ooh. everyone. Yes, congratulations. Yes, congrats, ladies. We'll be going on a short hiatus for now, so stay engaged on our social channels for news about upcoming podcasts and seasons. And thanks for listening. We will see you all soon. The Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted and produced by Drachmorda and Swanthula Boulay, along with co-host Ian DeVogler, with music by Neuron Spectre. <laughs>